Hi, this is Pastor Brian, the lead pastor of Centerpoint Church, Kent Island. We want to thank you for tuning in to our podcast. At Centerpoint Church, Kent Island, we are a community of believers passionately pursuing Christ. Our prayer here is that this message will inspire you and ignite a passion in you that will lead your hearts to a more intimate relationship with Christ. Again, thank you for tuning in, and God bless you. Morning, everybody. Right, welcome to Center Point Church, Ken Island. I'm the lead pastor here, Pastor Brian, and we're so glad to have you guys with us. We're going to continue a series here. If you haven't heard this series yet, we're dealing with a series called Hearing the Voice of God. Over the last couple of weeks, we have talked about hearing God in multiple different ways. We believe He speaks to us in multiple different ways, and we need to be in tune to hearing how He speaks to us and knowing how He speaks to us so that we can operate and connect with God and be on target and be in the place and in the posture he wants us to be. We talked about a few weeks ago that God speaks audibly. He speaks to us externally and internally uh, to us. We talked about he speaks through circumstances. He speaks through life and everyday living. Um, and if we pay attention and we're aware of the signs that we'll hear his voice and know how to how to respond. If you're like, Pastor, what are those last two messages you talked about? Where, uh, where can I get that? You can go online to our Facebook page, uh, to YouTube. There's very valuable, critical points in there we believe will impact and change your life if you catch a hold of that. Today we want to talk about God uh, speaking to us through prayer and confirmation. And so um, we're going to talk about for the next few moments in this story that we're getting ready to read and as we break that down, how God speaks through prayer and confirming the things that he is answering through our prayers that we've prayed to him. Let me kind of give you some background story to help you out for the story and then we'll move on from there. In Genesis 24, um, Abraham is an old, 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 old man. He's got a son by the name of Isaac. His wife, Sarah, has passed away. And Abraham looks over to one of his most trusted servants, and he says, listen, I want you to grab a, or find a, and grab a woman that will be uh, marriage material and a great wife for my son, Isaac. Isaac is distraught because his mother's passed away. Um, Isaac is, is, a, is a roughly young man. And he needs connectivity and relationship and ultimately needs to get married. And Abraham says, I don't want you to pick any of the women in this neighborhood because they ain't the best situation for you, son. He says, I'm going to send out a servant to find you someone back in the old country, the old land that you can connect with that I want you to be married to. So he says to his servant, I need you to promise me that you're going to go over here back to the old area and find a woman that's the right kind of woman with characters, values, morals, integrity. These things are important. Bring her back home that she would marry my son Isaac. And he tells the servant, go. It's a long journey. And the servant goes on this extremely long journey back to the old country, back to the old land, to go find himself a bride for his master. And that's where we want to pick the story up from here. I'm going to ask that you guys would please stand as we read Genesis 24, verses 10 through 14. Then the servant took ten of his master's camels and departed, for all his master's goods were in his hand. And he rose and went to Mesopotamia, to the city of Nahor. And he made his camels kneel down outside the city by a well of water at evening time. 
the time when women go out to draw water. Then he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, please give me success this day and show kindness to my master Abraham. Behold, here I stand by the well of water, and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. Now let it be that the young woman to whom I say, Please, let down your pitcher so that I may drink, and she says, Drink, and I will also give your camels a drink. Let her be the one you have appointed for your servant Isaac, and by this I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. Amen. You guys can be seated. So the servant takes his extremely long travel. He got some, some camels with him. He goes down to the well. That's where all the women are. Goes on down to church where the women are. Hey, joke, y'all. Y'all wake up a second. He goes on down to the nightclub, goes on down to wherever the women are, and he hangs out where the women are, and he parks his camels, and he says, listen, this is the prayer I'm going to offer, God. This is how I need you to let me know what's the right woman uh, for my master. I'm going to pray this prayer to you. And he prays this prayer of God, would you please let this woman be the one that comes up, and as I ask her for a drink, she's going to offer me a drink and, and give me water versus me having to go in the well and get it myself. And then she's going to look over and see my camels and, and, and give all their water too. And that's going to be my sign. That's how I'm going to know this is you, God, working and moving. So what this servant does is he lays up a prayer. He puts up a prayer because the real issue isn't how it gets done. The real issue is that he finds the right woman that's going to be able to meet and connect with his master, Isaac, that that would be his wife. That's the prayer. But he's asking for a sign because guess what? There's a lot of good women in the club. It was quiet. There's a lot of good women in church. Amen. Look at women. Amen. But my dad said to me when I was a teenager, every, one, every girl will be a woman, but not every woman will be a lady. Let that sneak in for a sec. Oh, it's getting tight already. Hang on. This ain't, this ain't character check, ladies. I'm just, I'm just giving y'all what my daddy told me. He says, son, when you come up and you start growing up, I understand every girl will be a woman, but not every woman will be a lady. You want to find a lady it carries yourself in a certain kind of way. That's who you want to kind of put your attention on, not just any and everybody. So his prayer is about finding the right wife, not just the right woman for his master. Y'all with me? So he puts this prayer up and he says, God, there's going to be a lot of women coming down to the, uh, to, to the well. Please show me the specific purpose or the specific person that's meant for my master Isaac. That was his prayer. And he said, I'm going to know that I need to start looking for the right woman by the way she operates and maneuvers when it comes down to how she handles me and my camel. This is something I'm putting up to you, God. Would you please answer this prayer? So I want to break pastoral rules. Pastoral rules means that when you're preaching, you would only have five points. Today I'm breaking the rule. I'm giving y'all six. So we got to roll. Y'all with me? Yeah, we're going to do it. Here we go. The first one I want to share with you is opportunity presents itself. When we are praying to God and we put a prayer up to God, understand that after we pray, God eventually is going to give us an opportunity to present itself. Check out this passage of scripture, 15 through 17. And it happened before he had finished speaking that behold, Rebekah, who was born of Bethuel, son of Milcah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, came out with her pitcher on her shoulder. Now the young woman was very beautiful to behold, a virgin. No man had known her. And she went down to the well, filled her pitcher, and came up. And the servant ran to meet her and said, Please, let me drink a little water from your pitcher. So he's already, he sees the first lady, 
Or one of the ladies that catch his eyes, she's very beautiful. He runs over to her, and here he goes. He starts, he starts to shoot his shot. Here he goes. Bam. He says, girl, would you give me some water, please? This is him taking advantage of the opportunity. I am going to tell you, when you pray to God, God is going to present you with an opportunity. The opportunity may look something similar to what you prayed for or the beginning parts of what you prayed for, and the opportunity is to catch your attention. We get so busy on throwing out the prayer and then looking for the answer that we oftentimes miss the opportunity. The opportunity is to get our attention to say, hey, I'm in the midst of, of what's going on around you. Put your attention back on me. We are quick to throw a prayer up and then move on and do our thing. Y'all heard me? We're quick to throw a prayer up and just, we're going to keep on chugging along. So what we need to do is when we pray to God, sit back and wait for opportunity to present itself. Oh, man. Now, some of y'all are going to say, Pastor, I have prayed and I have not, I don't even see an opportunity. It's just dry. It's dry where I am. I've prayed. There's no opportunity that's presented itself. Well, I want to tell you one of the two reasons why the opportunity hasn't presented itself. Are you guys ready? Two weeks ago, um, Rosie was on a business trip. I had to go pick her up on Friday evening. Friday morning, I get to my car. The battery light comes on. I don't have time for this. I drive into the office, made it in safe. We'll see what happens after I get off the office. Get out of the office, start the car up, no light comes on. This is great. Maybe it was this electrical thing, bliggy blue blip, blip. I'm driving about 15 minutes into my ride. There comes the light again. I don't have time for this. I go home, cook dinner. I got to get the kids fed and then drive all the way up to BWI to pick my wife up from the airport. I don't have time for this. Call someone. Can you follow me down to AutoZone? AutoZone checked out. Nothing wrong with any of the readings or indication light. Battery looks fine. Battery looks good. No problem with the battery. I said, listen, I've had this battery for four years. Process of elimination. Drop in a new battery. Let's start from there. Drop off the battery. Pick up the wife. She wants to go out to dinner. I don't want to drive my car. Because <laughs> I don't know what's going on. But we want to do dinner. The next day, Saturday, light comes on. Sunday, praying to God that the light doesn't come on. I'm almost over the Bay Bridge feeling good. No light comes on. Here comes the light. Oh, God. The devil is a liar. Whenever technology don't work, it's the devil, ain't it? The devil's a liar. Come on. Get over the bridge, come back home. Great Monday, no problem. Tuesday morning, I take tank the school, drop them off. All of a sudden, the wheel starts to lock up. Every light comes on. Everything starts blinking. I'm in traffic, and the car is slowing down. And I threw one of those prayers up. Father of the universe, God is all great and powerful and mighty, who knows all things. Please let me get this car to the auto people real quick in Jesus' name. Don't want to get struck here in traffic. I just, I, I did everything. Amen. Wheel unlocked, lights went off, boom, drove up, dropped the car off at the place, had Rosie pick me up, came back home. I said, all right, here we go. We're going to find out what the problem is. It's either the battery, alternator, or electrical issues. And I know it can't be the battery. I just put a new one in. So the dude calls me back from the auto place, and he says, listen, Mr. Wade, we took your car out for a ride. And we realize the suspension is horrible and the sway bar is messed up. And quite frankly, sir, your car is unsafe to drive. And I laughed in my head because I know it's unsafe to drive. It's been unsafe for a long time. 
But when you got all the challenges that we had and down to one income for some period of time, we just going to push and try our luck and see where we're going to go with this thing. And so, so far, it's been great. And he said, Mr. Wade, I highly recognize that you do not drive this vehicle unless you get it fixed. And I said, I agree with you. But I didn't bring this car to you about no sway bar. I brought it to you about one of these issues that I think it is, alternator battery or, or electrical system. I already got the, the battery replaced. He said, nobody told me that. I said, I told him that at the front desk. He said, well, let me go ahead and run it for 30 minutes and get back to you. 30 minutes later, he called me back. He said, yep, it's your alternator. You need a new alternator. I said, yeah, I know. He said, sir, I highly recommend you don't drive the vehicle the way it is, but we can put the alternator in the car and get it fixed. He says, if you get the alternator fixed in the car, the problem is I don't know how much more you can do driving because this stuff is really bent up underneath here. And I said, you know what? Go ahead and fix everything. And a lot of money later, I'm driving my nice brand new car. It feel brand new. It ain't brand new, but it feel brand new. My issue was the alternator. But before he wanted to fix the alternator, he strongly suggested by the looks of things and the pictures that I'm going to send over to you, the inside and the interior, the underneath, the sway bar, the, the axle, the everything, that's a mess. And you are in a very unsafe position. So even though you, you wanted to come here about the alternator, before we can get to B, we got to deal with A. And A is the safety of your life and the people that are driving in the vehicle with you. Y'all with me? Sometimes God uses your opportunity of prayer to reach out to you to get your attention that what you're worried about now ain't the most important thing we need to worry about. And so even though this prayer is very important to you, what's more important is what's in the underneath aspects that allows you to move forward in life. And so God will take advantage of the opportunity to get your attention when you have an issue you want to pray about to get your attention and say, listen, this is the real issue. If we can't get your alternator right, that might be a good thing, because if you keep trying to go the way you're trying to go, you can ruin or kill or end your life. Are y'all with me? Man, I'm giving illustrations real today. And so God will at times through our prayers give us, um, he'll give us an opportunity to recognize that God is somewhere in the midst of our prayer requests, our, our, our questioning or asking God for something. So that's an opportunity. Other times he doesn't respond because he's trying to get our attention through the prayer request to get back in opportunity and position with him. So we take advantage of the opportunity that God says, I'm not giving you anything because I want you to recognize that's not even the real issue right now. You're focused on the wrong thing. But now that I've got your attention through the alternator, let's go back and fix the real stuff. If God doesn't speak and you sat down and you said, listen, I've checked uh, all the I's and, and, I, and I've crossed all the T's as much as I can, my character, my personality, my response, I'm the most Christian I've ever been in all my life. I'm the most Jesified I've ever been in all my life. I ain't perfect, but I'm, 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 I'm doing pretty good walking with God right now. So, so I'm not seeing the opportunity come from the prayer request, and I'm not receiving uh, any signals that say it's anything other than, then I'm doing what I'm supposed to, so I'm not out of alignment with God, then what is the issue? Two weeks ago, Rosie was gone on a trip, work trip. Me and Olivia are in the house. She's sitting on the couch on her end watching her phone. I'm sitting on the couch on my end watching my phone, and I turn on the TV show. I'm not interested in it, but it might be interesting. We'll see. Y'all been there before? We'll see what happens. And as the show's on, 
about 10 minutes into the show, she's on her phone. About 15 minutes into the show, I said, wow, that's crazy. And she looks up and she says, yeah, I know, right? I said, no, I would never do that. And we start talking back and forth. And now we're starting to have dialogue and conversation and relationship and jokes all over the TV show. And she gets up and she makes cookies. And I like cookies. I'm trying to stay away from cookies. But cookies were good that day. And we had cookies. And we talked. And the movie that lasted an hour and 45 minutes gave us an extra two hours to spend time together. Sometimes God says, listen, there's nothing wrong with where you are spiritually, but I need you to spend some more time with me because we oftentimes like to just throw a prayer up and keep on rolling. And God says, no, I like to stay here and commune and talk with me sometimes. So sometimes you're looking for an opportunity. Is God's opportunity to get your attention to bring you back to him or to get an opportunity to spend time with him? Well, Pastor, what do I do when I'm spending time with him? Because I ain't got no prayer answered. And that's where we come to the understanding that if God is in control of everything and in charge of everything, and if he's a God of opportunity and he's a God that fixes all things, then some stuff I can't fix on my own time, it has to be on his time. And because it's on his time and I respect his authority, I'm just going to hang out with God. I don't know when it's going fix, to get fixed. I don't know how it's going to get fixed. Ain't for me to fix it because I ain't got the money, the resources, the time, the talent, the ability to fix it. I don't know enough people I could have fixed it. I wouldn't have prayed Wait. Oh, it's kind of quiet. That's why I prayed to him, because he can fix it. Now, I may have some, some people that can do some things and hook some things up for me, but truth be told, I can't fix it like he can fix it. So, if I'm walking and crossed all my, wait, dotted all my I's and crossed all my T's, and I'm as good as I can possibly be, and the prayer hasn't or the opportunity hasn't been presented, then I'm just going to hang here and see what God's got for me. Because I'm going to take advantage of the opportunity that God's trying to get my attention or the opportunity that God has presented something before me that lets me know I need to get in the right position with him. Or I'm going to take advantage of the opportunity that he's actually showing me that this might be the direction and the answer to the prayer that's getting ready to take place. Are you all with me so far? Point number two. Obstacles that led you to pray. Check out this passage of scripture here. So she said, Drink, my lord. Then she quickly let her pitcher down to her hand and gave him a drink. And when she had finished giving him a drink, she said, I will draw water for your camels also until they have finished drinking. Then she quickly emptied her pitcher into the trough, ran back to the well to draw water, and drew for all his camels. Oh, my God. He prayed a special kind of prayer, and she's starting to do it. And what happens to you and I is when we see opportunity present itself and it looks like it might be what we asked for, we grab it and take off with it, running full speed ahead. Don't get caught up in the opportunity. Recognize the opportunity is just what it is, an opportunity. But remember what you prayed for. Because there's a lot of women that can draw some water. There's a lot of women that can give you a glass of water and feed you a camel, but that may not be the woman for you. Man, I'm, I'm preaching. I'm, I'm preaching, bro. They're not even listening. There's a lot of things that may look good on the surface, but because you didn't do a deep dive and you ran with the opportunity because the opportunity was the thing that you thought, you forget about what you actually prayed for. You didn't pray for 
anything or anything that presented itself, you're praying for the thing. Don't forget what you prayed for. Too many of us, when we get an opportunity, run with the opportunity, and we end up finding out the opportunity wasn't what we thought it was. And you know what we get mad at? God. It's not God's fault. The opportunity came along, and you saw the opportunity, and you ran with it without consulting God. Is this for me? I want a man. And you find a man and you run off skipping and jumping. I had a man. You ain't do no background search. You ain't do no Merlin Court criminal search. You ain't asked for no credit score. You just went off with a man. I got a list and he met the list and you ain't even check out why you can't, why, why, what started the list was character and integrity. Don't know, y'all quiet today. I want a man who wants kids. He got kids and some more kids. There's some kids back there too. In fact, he liked making kids. That's why he ain't got no money because he's making kids. And all the mama's taking all his money. Oh, it's quiet again. My bad. Don't get so excited about the opportunity that you forget about the obstacle that led you to prayer, which was finding the thing, not the opportunity. How do I know that's true? I'm glad you asked that question because watch what this sermon does. He observes and asks God after he sees the opportunity and he goes back and he remembers the obstacle that led him to prayer. Watch what he does. Check this out. Three. Yep. And the man wondering at her remained silent so as to know whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. So it was when the camels had finished drinking that the man took a golden nose ring weighing half a shekel and two bracelets for her wrists weighing ten shekels of gold and said, Whose daughter are you? Tell me, please, is there room in your father's house for us to lodge? He sits down and he observes. And the man wonders, wondering at her, remained silent, so to know whether this was the Lord had made his journey prosperous. This is called meditating. He prayed, and then he pondered and thought about and, and asked the questions internally. He examined the situation. He processed the situation before he moved any further. Y'all with me? He did a deep dive on where I should move and what I should do next. If you want to send a prayer or pray to God, you want certain things to confirm that this is the direction you should go. Yes, the opportunity presented itself. Yes, they started doing things or, or started moving in the direction of the prayer being answered. Now he's sitting back and he's trying to get confirmation. This is the thing, God. Do you want me to make this move? He's asking questions. He even asked the question, who's your daddy? Did y'all see that? He did a background search. Who's your daddy? And y'all got room in your house for me. Y'all got some room for me. There's a place for me to lodge and stay with you guys. As you read further through the passages of Scripture, we're going to skip ahead, but as you read further through the passages of Scripture, she's going to say, my daddy is so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so. And the light bulb is going to go up in his head because that's where uh, Abraham sent him to go back home to find some relatives that could marry his son. 
is all starting to confirm and come together. You with me? He could have grabbed his girl and said, come on, we out of here. You the one. No, even though it looked like it was going in the right direction, he still sat down and said, let me process, let me figure out, let me do a background search, let me, let me review, let me think, God, does this look like, sound like? He didn't just jump on the opportunity because what he was there for was more important than an opportunity. He was there for life change. Our prayers are not about just opportunities. They're about life change. If you're praying for opportunity, you're missing the mark already. My prayer is for resolve and for something significant and powerful to happen. Check out this passage of scripture, point number four. Open doors take place. And he said to them, do not hinder me since the Lord has prospered my way. Send me away so that I may go to my master. So they said, we will call the young woman and ask her personally. Then they called Rebecca and said to her, will you go with this man? And she said, I will go. Like, Pastor, what happened? What happened was he talks to her at the well. She says who my daddy is. Okay, I find out that you're related to Abraham. He goes back to the house. He says, listen, I came to buy, uh, excuse me, I came to, to get a wife for my master. I'm here, y'all family, with who my master is, who sent me up here. This is exactly the whole story that took place. I'm ready to take her back home to my master. And her father and the mother say, let her stay 10 more days so she can hang out with her brothers and sisters and we can do a big farewell. And my guy says, nah, I ain't got time for all that. I'm trying to go. My master's waiting. Can I just, can we just go? And they say, well, fine, let's ask the daughter. Daughter, what do you want to do? Do you want to go or do you want to hang here a little bit longer with the family? And she says, nah, I'm out of here. I got a man. And she says, I want to go. And the door opens, boom, and it's time for them to go. When God is in the middle of, 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 of speaking to you through opportunity, when you are doing a deep dive and evaluating and saying, God, is this, is this you? Let me remind myself of what the promise, what the prayer is, what I'm looking for, what we're seeking for. When he says, hey, listen, you, you've observed, you've watched, you've seen, God opens the door. It's something that happens instantaneously. That through the process, there's a point with the process where the door opens. You sit and you say, I got to take it. You've ever had four or five job opportunities. The question is, not that I am making a good decision, am I making a God decision? Did y'all hear that? There's a difference between a good choice and a God choice. There's lots of good choices. I want a God choice. And so, God, would you show me what's the God choice? And there's going to be a point where the prayer says between good or God. And when God says this is a God thing, he opens the door and it's just boom, it should happen. Protocol, she should have hung around, spent some time with her family, say goodbye, some kind of celebration before she leaves. And God touched her heart that she didn't want to hang around for the celebration. It was time to go. Y'all with me? When God starts to move, there's a certain point through the prayer process that the door just, boom, it bursts open. You can run right through it. Pastor Sean, stuff was selling in 48 hours, 24 hours. It's a God thing. You've been looking for work, and work just come your way, and all of a sudden you're trying to figure out which job I'm going to choose, and God says, here's a little bit more action to let you know this is a God thing. Bam, you just got to run through it. Rosie and I, we're dating. 
I got two kids, she got two kids. I don't have time to put my kids through another situation. Another woman trying to be nice. And I ain't got time to go through another situation with another woman. So where I'm going to needs to be a God destination. So I don't need a good woman. I need a God woman. I need a God woman to get my situation and not get her situation. So Rosie and I dating each other didn't happen very long because I knew instantly that's who I should marry. I knew that on the second date, maybe the first. But I needed to see as if my kids could gel with her kids and her kids gel with my kids and my kids gel with her and her kids gel with me. We spend more time dating as a family doing activities every weekend, doing family stuff than we did dating each other. I wasn't worried about her. I got her. I'm good. Is this going to work? You feel me? Is this family going to work? And as this family started to, to work, it became natural. The word I want to use for you guys is organic. It's the word Rosie and I use. When God is in the midst of something, it should be organic. I shouldn't have to push it. I shouldn't have to kick it. I shouldn't have to shove it. I shouldn't have to, maybe if I shrink and turn it, just, and then, and then, give me some grease. We will fly. No, you don't need that. It should be organic. It should move naturally and flow in a way that you know, I didn't really have to do a whole lot. God did it. It was an organic process for this prayer to get answered. I didn't have to manipulate. I didn't have to make my voice sound sad. I didn't have to say, you know, mom, things are tough right now, but I'll be okay. Oh, baby, you need some. No, I just stuck through. You have to, you have to do none of that. It was organic. We had engaged on December 25th, Christmas. A week later, she got let go from her job. Oh, God, what are we going to do? And people started giving us stuff. For our, for our wedding plans. Well, we want to give people party, party favors or whatever that thing. What's that stuff you give people when you're at the reception? What's that called? Pa yeah, favors. At that point, we ain't had no money for favors. Right. Y'all welcome. We trying to figure out how to, how to feed people. And somebody said, hey, listen, I know you lost your job. We want to just bless you with food. We're going to pay for the food. Are you okay with Famous Dave? We are today with this wedding reception. All the ribs and barbecue sauce, absolutely, we'll take it. Where are we going to get married at? Or where are we going to do the reception at? I don't know. That costs money. We looked at a couple places. Somebody said, hey, listen, I know you guys are a tight situation. Rosie doesn't have a job. I work down at the, uh, I have connections to the firehouse. They got a reception place. You cool with that? Absolutely. Strap it on up. Let's go. We came into a situation where we sitting down, where we wanted a party favor. Somebody said, listen, I work at a company that does decal and, and stuff on, on all kinds of stuff. Here's what we're going to do. We're just going to give you 300 uh, party, party favors for your, for your wedding. Organic. We ain't asked for nothing. We didn't beg for nothing. God opened every door. When God is going to open the door, it opens up fast, and it's nothing that you have to push or make happen. It's an organic process. Point number five, an ordained encounter. Watch this. And Isaac went out to meditate in the field in the evening, and he lifted his eyes and looked, and there the camels were coming. Then Rebekah lifted her eyes, and when she saw Isaac, she dismounted from her camel. For she had said to the servant, 
who is this man walking in the field to meet us? The servant said, it is my master. So she took a veil and covered herself. The husband, soon to be husband Isaac, where is he? He's at home. He's at home and he's going out to pray and meditate. He's focused on God. And as he's spending time with God, he looks up and here comes a vision of beauty. And as he's looking like, who is that? She looks up from her long riding journey and says, oh my, shoulders, abs, mm. Hey, is that who you brought me to come see? That's going to be my, she got her stuff together, snapped the veil on, came on out, bam. She's ready to go. It was an ordained encounter because where was Isaac spending time with God? Isaac was focused on what he needed to be focused on. His attention was where it needed to be. Isaac wasn't out there looking for a bride. His father sent a servant to look for his bride. Isaac was locked in on doing his thing because at the end of the day, only thing Isaac can worry about is Isaac and God. He's missing his mom. He needs a woman companion to comfort and love him that he can spend and grow life with and do life with. All of those things he needs, but where is his position? With God. What he wants is organically coming to him. Did y'all catch that? Isaac ain't, ain't at the local brewery. He ain't chasing nothing. He's not on the websites. He's not looking for, hunting for, seeking for. His requests, his desires have already been made to God. He is staying locked in position with God. And here comes his blessing from a far away coming to him. He looked up and recognized, oh my, there's something. If you want to experience the full blessings of God opening and operating and, and, and answering your prayers, you need to understand that after you pray it, there's only so much you can do. But the only thing you can 100% do is stay in the presence of the Lord. And so now that I've prayed it, I'm going to stay with God consistently waiting for him to do what he does best. Man, it's quiet. Because every time I pray something and try and do what I do best, I make it a mess. So he prays. He lets the other external things work. He lets God work and God ordains. He makes this special situation take place. It's an ordained encounter where he is locked in with God and then comes his thing to him. Then comes his thing that he wants to connect with with him. And then it takes us to point number six, which is the most critical point. This entire message I'm trying to get to y'all today. Operate in God honoring manner. Point number six. And the servant told Isaac all the things that he had done. Then Isaac brought her into his, to, into his mother Sarah's tent, and he took Rebekah, and she became his wife, and he loved her. So Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. Sixty-seven says, Then Isaac brought her into his mother Sarah's tent, and he took Rebekah, and she became his what? Wife. And he loved her. He was comforted. God oftentimes answering our prayers, giving us what we desire, 
giving us what we asked for. Once we get it, we'll treat it any kind of way because we feel like it's ours. Y'all hear me? Once we get it, we treat it any kind of way because it's ours and it's not yours. It came from God and he gave it to you because you were in the right posture to accept it and receive it. You were in the right posture mentally, spiritually, emotionally to receive it. And just because you received it doesn't mean you get to do anything you want with it. If you were in the right posture to receive it, then you need to be in the right posture to what? Keep it. Oh, they tight today. Yeah, that's his wife. That She came on that, that camel, donkey, whatever it was she rode in. He could have grabbed her, took her to the tent, and had his way with her. She's from a faraway land. Ain't nobody going to know. That's not what he did. He married her. single lady put a ring on it then he put a ring on it and then he was intimate with her and they became one and they grew in unison and family and connectivity you got to understand this you just can't be in posture to receive it because once you receive it and you walk off out of posture that's when it becomes crazy chaotic and frustrating and then you're wondering why and how did i get here because you left for your posture. You couldn't care for it because you left how to care for it. That's why marriages struggle so much, if I may take a moment. It's crazy how much we will pray for a job or for a person or for a thing, and we'll stay locked in church, and we'll go to Bible study, and we'll go to Sunday school, and we'll turn on all the Christian music, and we'll play all this stuff, and we'll answer the right way, and respond the right way, and talk the right way, and as soon as God answers the prayer, we're going back to me doing me. And then we, un- then we can't understand why, we- why we're not experiencing the blessing of God or why that prayer that we prayed for feels like a curse. And I was praying for a good woman. Now they're trying to poison me, Pastor Brown. Every time I touch that food, I'm scared. Well, what's your spiritual life look like? I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to talk about her and counseling. No, 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 dog. Let's talk about your spiritual life. No, I don't want to talk about how I can't trust her. You don't want to talk about how you can't trust her. Oh, wait. So your prayer is, is to fix your marriage. And the counselor or the pastor is talking about fixing your spiritual walk. That goes right back to opportunity point one. Sometimes the prayer is not being answered, the opportunity even presenting itself because we find ourselves out of alignment. And so God says, I want to deal with the alignment piece where we fix the alternator. So Isaac takes this woman. And he makes her his wife because he wants to operate with her in a proper manner. That they would be in connectivity and thrive together and experience the blessing of God. The promise that God gave Abraham that you would be the father of of many nations. Seed beyond the, the grains of sand, it would be too many to count. Because Abraham was in alignment with God. And Isaac's got to be in alignment with God in order for this thing to flourish because from Isaac comes 
all of these children. Y'all with me? But if he's not in alignment and consistently walking in alignment, he's going to miss what God has for him and the lives that are connected to him. Here's your takeaway today if you don't get nothing else from playing. God will confirm his answer to your prayer on multiple occasions and will give you the answer when you're in proper alignment. God will confirm his answer to your prayer on multiple times. Here's the opportunity. Here's the thing happening. Let's reflect on it. Let's pray about it. Don't forget what we're praying for. Here's the door opening up. Here's the, this ordained moment that's opening up for you guys to walk through and to experience. Here's your opportunity to take care of it in the right way. He's going to remind you on multiple occasions, this is the thing God has for you. Multiple times tell you this thing he has for you. He's not going to give you the answer. I want you to get this. He will answer your prayer, but he can't give it to you until you're in proper alignment to handle it. He already answered your prayer when you asked it. Yes, no, not now. He already answered it. He can't give it to you until you're in proper position to handle it. He knows if he told you no, you flip out and spaz out and start ah, throwing a tantrum. Can't stand God. Oh, God, don't ever give me nothing. Ah. So he's got to let you hang around and wait for an opportunity so he can refine and, 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 and fine-tune you to understand it's better to be in his presence than to get the present. Oh, boy. It's better to receive in the presence of God than to get the thing. And so he'll refine you and you're waiting for opportunity. While you're waiting for opportunity, you spend time with God and realize the thing that I'm praying for ain't even really that important or as much as I thought I needed it because I'd rather be in a relationship with God than in a relationship that doesn't matter. I'm fine-tuning you. And now that you can take no, you're in a position you can receive it and you can do so much more with it because you can receive it. But if you're not in the posture, position, in alignment with God to receive it, you couldn't handle it anyway. If he gave you what you asked for, you'd mess around and, and screw it up again. I'm never going to do that again. Ah. You wouldn't be on trip 74 if you could have did it right the other 73 times and stayed in alignment with God. What's your habit? What's your trigger? You got it, you gone. Man, I appreciate that. God, give it to me. Please give it to me. Y'all want it so bad. I'll do whatever I do. What I'm supposed to do as soon as you get it. Bam. Ah, you ain't nobody. Hey, okay, let's go here real quick. Ain't nobody ever said, God, please don't let this girl be pregnant. Oh, it was quiet. I'll never again. You a whole lie. You done thrown that prayer up a few times. Please don't let me be. You done thrown that prayer up a few times. So why you keep praying it, God give it to you, and when you get it, you go right back to doing what you've been doing. You're not in alignment. Man, it got real quiet right there. I want to be in a posture in life where I'm in alignment with God because then my prayers will line up with God. When I'm in alignment and posture with God, I receive what he has for me. 
And because I recognize it's from him, I care for it in such a significant and valuable and important way that he can trust me with it. And he can trust me with more of what I'm praying to him about because at first it aligns up with his will and his purpose. And then two, he knows I can handle. Let's pray.